0: Welcome back to Bayou Chronicles. I'm your host, Crystal, and today we are continuing the whole guest hosting and having my husband Tyler on the show again. Hello, Tyler.
1: What's up? What's up? How's everyone doing? Glad to be here for the second week in a row, and hopefully if y'all like me enough, I can be a regular on the show because they both love me and I think they would enjoy it.
0: I mean, you really want to be around us while we talk about weird witchy stuff
1: i mean it's not like you don't talk about it every single day at home so like (laughs) what's the difference
0: there's not really much of one however this is bayou chronicles and this is me and bethany so maybe we can just have you as the guest host every once in a while maybe you should just start your own podcast where you talk about weird sports stuff maybe i should maybe yeah well either way this is definitely the safer option Because COVID is still obviously a thing. Um, I don't have much this week as far as announcements are going to go. So this is going to be a relatively short intro. As a reminder, we do have some merch left over that you totally want on your body. One, because it's soft. Two, because it's cute and has our faces on it. Um, Tyler actually doesn't even own a piece of our merch yet. But he can if... He helps us get to fifty followers on Twitch, and that goes for you too. So once we get to fifty followers over on Twitch, we are going to give to do a giveaway for our fifty followers, and everyone's going to have a one in fifty chance um, to win a shirt. So um affiliate is calling our names we are so stinking close so make sure you head over to twitch.tv backslash by you chronicles and give us a follow it will let you be notified when we go live so that's a great way for you to kind of stay engaged with us but anyway this is tyler's first episode to lead and i'm pretty excited to hear about this topic okay no, maybe well, yeah, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, I am excited, but it's sports themed and I like sports, but not like you do. Like, Tom I'm serious, guys. Tyler takes it to a whole new level. Like, when I tell you that him and my brother, Kansas, will basically go back and forth with random sports knowledge for hours, it's, it, it's ridiculous. It's First insane. two
1: Super Bowls played, who were they? I have no idea. Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs. Who won both of them? Green Bay Packers. First Super Bowls right after the AFL-NFL merger.
0: See, I, I don't, I don't know that. Maybe that, maybe that's common knowledge to people. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not. <laughs> um, I, I can technically do that with Twilight knowledge. Like if you put me and Jerry in a room together and said, "Y'all talk about Twilight," we can do it for hours like i'm not even kidding me and her used to stay up for days on end like i'm serious like we would we would see we would have competitions to see who could stay awake the most hours i'm we're we're ridiculous It's it's not healthy but we would spend those hours talking about twilight but that's not socially acceptable the way Sports knowledge so maybe I just, you know, made myself look a little weirder than I really am. Yeah, but I,
1: I think of you weirder now uh, I'm finding all this out.
0: Um, I'm sorry. You married me. You're stuck. Anyway, <laughs> I hope y'all enjoy this little conspiracy about the 1985 draft that Tyler's going to tell us about. So, take it away, baby.
1: Okay, so this is about the 1985 NBA draft that was... Fix slash rigged slash whatever you want to call it. But before we dive into that draft, we're going to look at the previous season in the NBA, 1984, and that draft. Okay. So, 1984, the Houston Rockets have the number one overall pick, which was decided by a coin toss, and they took... Hakim the Dream Olajuwon and Portland, who lost the coin toss. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers got the number two pick and took Sam Bowie, and who was out of Kentucky. Hakim was out of Houston, so he stayed close by where he went to school and everything. Um, and then Chicago, as everybody knows, gets the GOAT MJ, not Michael Jackson Crystal. Uh, Michael Jordan. That
0: really is what I thought.
1: <laughs> uh, as we were um, talking about this, she thought MJ was Michael Jackson, and I kind of crushed me a little bit there. But um, I'm
0: sorry, I was never a basketball fan. Like no one in my family was like huge basketball people. Like like we may have watched a game or two if there was nothing else on, but we were very much a football family. Yeah. So,
1: like Christmas. Christmas Day.
0: See, I didn't even know they played a game on Christmas Day. I've only ever watched football on Christmas Day.
1: Um, yeah, Christmas Day, the NBA they do
0: play a game on Christmas Day in football, right? No. No, that's, that's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yes. so I've never watched. so yeah, no, we didn't do that.
1: Yeah, Christmas Day. Um, you know, I would always watch games on Christmas Day. I was just like mothing. Nobody else in my house really liked basketball. Um, so I was just kinda like my thing. Um and 1984 the New York Knicks or the New York Knickerbockers no um, that is
0: not what they were called
1: yes so the new so the New York Knicks is short for the New York Knickerbockers.
0: No. 100%. You're lying. I
1: am not lying. You can look it up yourself.
0: The New <gasps> I York... never knew that. Hey, yes. Mr. Knickerbocker, I can't say it now because it's so, like, <laughs> like just, that's my favorite song and I don't even know how to sing it because I'm so just blown away. That is not.
1: Yes. <gasps> um, but it got short because obviously you don't want Knickerbockers on everything because it won't fit on t-shirts and all that. But Knicks will. So that's why it's the New York Knicks.
0: Interesting. But their actual name is
1: the Knickerbockers.
0: I'm never going to call them anything different. Ever. Ever. Hey, Um, guys. Have you all seen the new Knickerbockers uniforms? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I love it.
1: Somebody want to take her away?
0: It's so funny. I love it. (laughs) Um,
1: But just remember that the New York Knicks made the playoffs.
0: Okay, so I'm committing that to memory. The yes. New York Knicks made the playoffs in 1984? Yes.
1: Okay. Um, So, famous owner of the now Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Back then when this was happening, they were the San Diego Clippers.
0: Okay, is Clippers short for something?
1: No, it's just Clippers.
0: What are Clippers? Like toenail Clippers?
1: No, it's just... I don't know the exact, like why they're called the Clippers. <gasps> Sports um,
0: knowledge you don't know. But We I found will, a hole.
1: I will pull it up here for you no, real ain't quick. that important, I promise. Um, I just
0: didn't know if they were named after like toenail Clippers.
1: No, they were founded as the Buffalo Braves back in 1970, but they were rebranded as the San Diego Clippers in reference to the sailing ship seen in San Diego Bay. Oh.
0: <gasps> um, well, that's
1: lame. Yeah, that, that's not as cool as Knickerbockers. No, it's not. Um, okay, I like
0: Knickerbockers. Next. Yeah.
1: So Donald Stern um, said, we can win by losing. Um, now, you okay. may be asking. No exactly. You know, that doesn't make any sense, even to me, because in order to win, you have to win games. But back then in the NBA draft, um, it was held – the first overall pick and second overall pick, excuse me, were held via a coin toss or a coin flip. Um so basically how you see the NFL kicking games off, that's how it decided mm-hmm. who would have the rights to
0: So like a let's say theoretically mm-hmm. um the Knickerbockers And the Clippers are the two lowest ranked teams. Yes. In order to figure out who picks first in the draft, it's Mm -hmm. not the worst team. It's the two worst teams, and they flip a coin, and whoever... Is heads or whoever's tails, whichever mm-hmm. they decide, that's the person who gets to pick first. Yes. And then the person who loses gets to pick second? Yes. Okay. That's
1: how it was back for the 1984 draft.
0: And that's how it was before that as well? Yes. Okay.
1: One cool thing about the NBA, um, they have been the only organization to have a... Draft lottery, uh, which is what we're going to be talking about. The NFL does it by record, worst to first, in reverse order. MLB, same way. NHL, same way. Um, So of the four major um, sport organizations, associations, whatever you want to call them, the NBA is the only one to have a draft lottery and... How that comes about is what we'll kind of be covering about in this episode. Okay. Um. So the coin toss was basically a situation where if you suck that season, you know, if you had one of the – if you had the worst record or the second to worst record, you were basically guaranteed second overall. Okay. Um. You know, that's not too shabby for a team – trying to turn stuff around and move to um, Los Angeles in a bigger city. And, you know, big-name player brings fans in. That makes money for the owner and everything like that. Everyone's happy. Well, this basically enraged other owners and league officials, especially uh, Philadelphia 76ers GM Pat Williams. Um, he... Was recalling anger and frustration uh, when he was asked about this comment that Donald Stern made. So, in the league meetings that followed the 1984 season, they changed it to a draft lottery. Well, just
0: because someone basically said, Hey,
1: I'm going to tank. Um, which is basically a term in the sports world for losing on purpose Mm -hmm. to get bigger name players to do good and keep all these guys around. Because when you go into a – when you first become a pro athlete, Mm -hmm. um, you sign – in the NFL, it's a four- to five-year contract. MLB is different because you got to work up to the – major leagues, um, NBA, um, it all depends, honestly. You could do one, you could do like two, three years um, contract. So basically Donald Stern was saying, hey, we can suck and have great players for two to three years and win championships. Okay. So he was kind of...
0: He was trying to play the long game. Exactly.
1: Um, well, they changed it here because... This was a very well-known draft class um, with a lot of Hall of Fame caliber players before they even stepped foot on the court. Uh, You had Patrick Ewing, um, who's going to be at the center of this whole topic. Carl Malone, who was out there in Utah with John Stockton, who was in the 84 draft, uh, had a great team out there in Utah. Chris Mullen went went to have a good career out there in Indiana, and you had... Some pretty much good overall athletes. Um sorry, Chris Mullen was in Golden State. I um, was thinking of somebody else. Uh, Joe Dumars, Detroit. Then you had A.C. Green playing for the Lakers, Terry Porter, a bunch of other guys.
0: Okay, and what do these guys have to do with everything?
1: These are all players that are going to get drafted this okay. season. Okay, okay, um, okay. But basically, all of those guys that I mentioned were are either in the basketball hall of fame, not just the NBA, but basketball in general. Okay. Or have made all-star games and have had very successful careers in the NBA.
0: So basically what you're trying to convey is that everyone in this draft, there was a lot of people in this draft who were not necessarily known at the time that they were going to do mm-hmm. great things. They thought maybe they would, but there was a lot of people who were in this draft that would go on to do like
1: have very really successful great careers. careers. Yes, yeah. David Stern, who is the commissioner of the NBA, he is in his second year of being the commissioner, and so they decide in their league meetings that they want to do the draft lottery. Okay. Um, so before we go to how it works, then uh, we'll take a look at it now to see how different it is today than how it was back then. There's 12 to 14 teams who finish with the worst records in the NBA and they have different percentages to get the number one pick, a.k.a. more balls per the worst team. So, like, picks one, two, and three Mm -hmm. could all have a 25% chance to get the number one overall pick. But that's not how it was done back in 1984.
0: Okay, so now it's kind of like a Hunger Games thing where Katniss, in order to get food for her family, would, like, put her name in the lottery more often. And Or like PETA had to do it. And so PETA's name was in there like some astronomical amount of times. This is kind of the same thing. Like some teams could have their name in there a lot more than other teams.
1: Yeah, kind of. Or Um, exactly. I mean, they're not choosing to put their names in there. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. But I'm saying like there are some teams in there with like their name in there like 15 times. Yes. Okay. And some may Um, be only in there like twice.
1: Yeah, just because of the odds and everything like that.
0: I'm sorry, I just had to use like a literary reference in order no, to make it make sense.
1: You're fine. That's not how it was done back in '84. This one, albeit the very first one, was done by envelopes with the seven worst teams' logos inside the envelopes. Okay. Uh, this is where everything is going to change for not only one franchise, but the whole NBA. Okay. So Patrick Ewing was considered to be coming into this draft one of the best players and could dominate right away. And honestly, he did. And if I'm in the Knicks front office, I have to be hoping and praying for the first overall pick because he could be the face of our franchise in one of the biggest cities in the world, New York City. Well, that's that's what David Stern thought also. The commish. Yes, the commish. But before we get into that, we got to look and see how the Knicks ended up here. Because remember, they did make the playoffs in 1984. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't think that they would have one of the worst records in the league if they made the playoffs.
0: No, I mean you would think that would be pretty averagely good.
1: Yeah. Well, they had the second worst record in the league at 24 and 58.
0: So that means they won 24 games and lost 58? Yes. That is really bad.
1: Um with Golden State Warriors and the Indiana Pacers tied for the worst record at 22 and 60. Jeez. So basically Per the 1984 NBA draft, Indiana or Golden State should get Patrick Ewing. Yes. But that's not what David Stern wanted.
0: Why didn't he want that, though? We'll
1: we'll get there in a second. The Knicks got here by losing two of their biggest players via injury. So the guys who got them to the playoffs in eighty four. Mm -hmm. Got injured in the 85 season. Okay. So they could not play. That's why the Knicks got to where they were um, with that. Um, So David Stern and the NBA decided that they would jump on that and rig the 1985 NBA draft. Now, nobody actually came out and said, hey, we rigged the draft, but there's a lot of evidence out there showing why and how they had to work the draft. So after the 1985 season, the NBA and CBS TV contract was set to expire. So
0: so uh, so before 1985, NBA games were played on CBS? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, but you know how nowadays, like if we see, you know, like we can pull up on, on our computer, you know, right now, if there's a game going on on the West Coast... We can pull it up on our computer or at home and watch the game or we can catch a game from last night or whatever. Yeah. Back then, you really couldn't do that if you are on the East or um, if you're on the East Coast, especially with that time difference. So that's where Patrick Ewing comes in. If Ewing, one of the hottest college prospects to come into the draft – Goes to the Big Apple, that's a money maker right there.
0: Because so, people are going to be tuning into basketball, mm-hmm. and plus he's on walk. the
1: East Coast, so it's easier for everyone to see him. Um, and obviously, with that makes sense. Obviously, with New York City being as big as it is, even as big as it was back in the eighties, a lot of people would go to the Garden to watch games. So it's a real money maker, not only for the Knicks, but for the NBA with TV contracts and everything like that. Stan Katzen, the GM of the Atlanta Hawks at the time, um, he recalled that he was told by someone who he did not name in an interview with Sports Illustrated that he is going to the Knicks. Mark it down. Katzen said he didn't believe it at that moment. So basically Katzen was told by somebody, we don't know who, Mm -hmm. that Patrick Ewing is going to the Knicks, guaranteed. But if I'm and I'm thinking, wait a second. The Knicks made the playoffs last year. Are they really going to be that bad? Well, it's not like you can plan for injuries or anything like that to happen.
0: But you can win it by losing it.
1: Correct. Um, Leading up to the draft, it flat out. Sucked. It got to a point where the NBA actually had to pay USA Network $40,000 to televise the draft. So rather than a TV station saying, hey, we want to do it, you know, nowadays you have ESPN who really does it, but that's like the NBA going to ESPN today saying, hey, we'll give you a million dollars. To do the draft for us.
0: So were people just not watching basketball?
1: Nobody. They were watching basketball. They weren't watching the draft. Because think about it. Only two teams were guaranteed the number one pick. Okay. Either the worst record or the second worst record. So why would – if I'm not a fan of one of those two teams, why would not I – Why would watch? In?
0: Yeah, because I know my team's not going to get the good player.
1: We're, I mean, we may get some – like Chicago, okay? They got Michael Jordan when everyone thought, hey, Michael Jordan is going to go number two overall to Portland because Hakeem was the better player in that draft. But he ended up falling to third to Chicago in the rest of history. But that was very rare okay. um, of a situation. With the NBA actually having to pay to televise a draft, that's how bad it was back then. And David Stern wanted to change that. So in in comes Rick Welts, an up-and-coming NBA executive who Stern delegated the task of finding out a way to make a lottery fair and even. Or just to hide the fact that this first one was rigged, honestly. Um, because one thing I forgot to mention, Crystal, I want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Where do you think David Stern is from?
0: Well, I'm going to go out on Lynn and say wherever the Knickerbockers are from.
1: David Stern was born and raised in Manhattan, New York. Okay. The Knicks play at Madison Square Garden.
0: So was this his like... This
1: was his, his childhood.
0: Was this his childhood team? Or? Yeah, this
1: was pretty much David Stern's like hometown like childhood team who he rooted for when he was growing up um i believe and so pretty much this has got to be money for him so rick welts comes up with the idea to use envelopes inside of a clear still drum okay just just think about that for a second rectangular object inside a cylindrical object
0: I just think, I I don't understand what's wrong with that.
1: An envelope. Yeah. Okay. Inside of a.
0: Well, I I just think about like the things that they do when you go somewhere and they do like a little contest and they, they kind of have a thing where it's like a big drum and there's a little wheel thing that you handle that you can spin it and it all just kind of mixes around.
1: Okay. Yeah. But how big are those pieces of paper?
0: I mean, I figure they're probably going to be the standard 3x11 or 5x11.
1: These ones, no. These envelopes were...
0: Not oh, 11, 5x8.
1: I would assume probably 12x12 12 12 envelopes.
0: So like manila envelopes.
1: Yeah, a little bit bigger than that um, is what these envelopes were inside a cylindrical Why object. That's
0: weird. Why is it so big?
1: And that's where we're going to get to. Um, basically you don't need to go to harvard or yale that this is not going to be the best situation because you know when you put a rectangular object into a cylindrical object something may not go right one member of the league office was quoted as saying why they went with the envelopes as they were afraid of the drum to pop open and have the balls fly out
0: okay well but well, if I you just lock put it, it in a like a sealed drum like Okay, that's dumb, but okay. Yeah,
1: like if you lock it, you know, that pretty much won't happen. But on the set of the NBA Draft Lottery, they had a backdrops of numbers one through seven. And they figured if we put the team's logos on these big envelopes, they'll be able to see on the TV screens at home, you know, like the small TV screens mm-hmm. they had back then. You know, I can understand where they're coming from with the whole TV idea. But to me, I'm thinking, have seven logos already printed out? Because you know what What seven teams are already going to be there? Put all of their names on a ping pong ball. And then when that ping pong ball gets picked, just put their picture up there. With yeah, that.
0: that makes more sense. But See, th- they probably didn't think that far out.
1: No, they probably didn't. So, like I said, the envelopes were like twelve by twelve envelopes thrown into this ball. There's so many things.
0: Well, I mean, even if it's these huge envelopes in this like this big drum, they're not going to get mixed up that well. They're basically going to kind of like settle on top of each other and then just fall. No, I mean we're they on top of they, they
1: kind of got mixed up, um, and I actually have a video of the um, draft lottery that happened that I can give to Crystal that she can link it so you can actually see this all taking place. the The drum was spun about six times, so they were they were mixed up there. But how everything happened is is pretty interesting. You know, the hole had to be big enough to fit the envelopes in there, and it just doesn't make logical, logistical sense to me. So the biggest theory about these envelopes as why this draft was rigged is because they were easily foldable. Um, Okay. And we'll get back to that when we talk about how the draft was rigged. But before we talk about how it was rigged, let's talk about the setting. Of the draft because the setting is very important. It was nowadays the draft lottery is held on its own night after the season, um, not to take away from the playoffs and everything like that. But back then it was held during halftime of a playoff game. Okay. So you had to be watching the playoff game to catch the draft lottery. But it makes sense back then to like, hey, we want viewers, so let's do it like this. I get it then. Um, and CBS was covering the lottery from the Waldorf Astoria in Manhattan, New York, which was proven. Is per-
0: this just because the commish was from there? Or is this just because. Is this a tie into the whole fact that we know that the Knickerbockers are going to get one of the best players?
1: Um, Honestly, I think it was because. Like,
0: or does, is like the NBA headquarters in Manhattan? The
1: NBA headquarters is in New York, I believe. Okay. Um,
0: city or state?
1: C- city, I believe. Um,
0: oh, we're finding out more sports knowledge that Tyler doesn't know. It, this is exciting. Headquarters
1: is in... Why it not even yeah, in New York? It is New York. Oh, my bad. Um, yeah, that's what I thought it was. City? Yeah. Um, Yeah, New York City. Okay. Yeah, that's where it was founded. And so the league office is in, see, I don't really care too much about the league office. Well,
0: I was just saying, because if they're holding it in New York, is that some kind of symbolism that they knew all this stuff was going to happen? And so that just kind of goes into the like the conspiracy. And now he's looking it up. I am. I'm sorry, guys. I should no. know Yeah, the league questions. is
1: headquartered in New York, New York, and their replay booth not that's getting in too much, but yeah, their um league is headquartered in New York, New York. Um, so that's where it's headquartered. So they thought, hey, it's easy access, we don't have to go anywhere. So let's just keep it here in New York. But nowadays it's held in you know, arenas and stuff like that where you can have all these people in here. But back then, for the first draft lottery, every lottery team had a reporter at the lottery. Plus, you had all of CBS people. Plus, you also had every major news station and everything out there, every sports. Um, I think Atlanta... (coughs) Atlanta, Georgia had like three remote stations covering it and things like that. So it was a pretty big deal because it was the first draft lottery. Yeah, you know why they sent so many people? Because all seven teams had a shot in number one pick, or so they thought. <clears throat> it's about 1.45 p.m. and the game goes to halftime. And out comes David Stern along with his crew. The most important person here on the draft lottery night is not David Stern the commissioner, but in fact it is Jack Wagner
0: oh, okay. a
1: hired man from an accounting firm. So okay. an accounting firm is the most important person. Okay. Why? He throws in th- he throws in three envelopes, okay? Then he takes a pause for a brief second to get his aim down. Then he throws the fourth envelope, which is the Knicks envelope and slams it against the drum, bending the corner. Okay. So he basically, and then he goes in and throws in the other three, no issues. Um, So all seven envelopes are here in this drum. And Stern is about ready to pull the very first card, which is the first overall pick in the draft. He grabs not one envelope, not two envelopes, but three envelopes, and then flips them over before he hesitates for a moment, takes a deep breath almost to say, I hope this is the one, and pulls out an envelope with a creased corner
0: what okay so why did he pull out three he didn't pull him he he didn't
1: pull him out he reached his hand in there grabbed three envelopes flipped them over and pulled out one
0: that's what i'm asking why would he grab three why would you just not put your hand in touch one uh and then grab that one? Why would you reach in and act like you're grabbing candy out of a because
1: bucket? All, because all of these envelopes were basically laying on top of each other.
0: Exactly. Why would you reach in there and grab when it's just a bunch of pieces of paper essentially? Yeah. Why would you not touch it and mm-hmm. then grab that one right off the top of whatever one you touched? Why would you reach in there like it's candy? That well, makes no sense. Well, another
1: another theory is that the Knicks' envelope was frozen to make it easier to figure out.
0: Frozen? Yes,
1: like they froze the envelope.
0: Wouldn't you be able to hear it?
1: That That's that's why that got disputed. That's, that's how that one got disputed. But the bent corner one is pretty much where everything is revolving around. But then Stern pulls out six others. You know, he didn't need to because we all know who was first. And then lines them up behind the very first one. So, remember when I said that Golden State was tied for the worst record in the NBA at 22 and 60?
0: Yes. Take a guess at what pick they got. Um, Last.
1: Well, yeah, they ended up with the seventh overall pick in the draft. So, so
0: shouldn't have they have been one or two?
1: Back in 1983, they would have been. That's where the draft, that's where this whole thing was like crazy because with Golden State being out there in California, it's, it's crazy. It's just one of those things where it was one of those rare instances where the worst team has a horrible pick. That's why the NBA has changed the way they did it. To where, if you are a bad team, you're not. You're able to get a really good player um, in the draft. And why I think Golden State went seventh is all because that the draft was rigged. On- honestly, um, I mean, Golden State got a really good player in Chris Mullen, but <laughs> one or two, like they would have had a very great pick either way. Now, yeah, of course, if Donald Stern never makes his comment. Golden State has at least a number two pick. The camera um, CBS show on the national telecast that it pans to the GM of the Warriors, Al Adels, and he looks like he just saw a ghost. He was stunned and beyond disbelief. I mean, I would be too, if I was guaranteed a top two pick, a shot at Patrick Ewing, But then because of some snarky comment, I fell all the way to seventh. You know, like, I'm surprised he didn't riot. The sixth pick went to the Sacramento Kings. Number five went to the Atlanta Hawks. Number four, the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, Number three, the San Diego slash Los Angeles Clippers. That was a little jab there to... Donald Stern because, you know, he said we can win by losing. He didn't get the number one pick. Then it all comes down to Indiana and New York. They all knew Patrick Ewing was going to be number one, so this was a huge reveal when um, Donald Stern, I'm I'm sorry, not Donald Stern, uh, David said that the second overall pick goes to the Indiana Pacers. The co-owner of the Pacers stood up and then sat right back down in amazement because he saw that he was number two, not number one. Mm-hmm. Um, a team who finished with a better record and made the playoffs last season just jumped over him for the number one because overall the pick.
0: Pacers and the Golden State Warriors were tied for the two worst, right? Yes.
1: The Pacers and Warriors were tied. Now the Warriors had the seventh overall pick.
0: So they really got screwed.
1: Yes. And the Pacers, you know, back then, um, in eighty three, if this draft half if the draft lottery didn't happen, it was by coin toss, they may have still been two. But they wouldn't have felt screwed the way they did because it would have been between Golden State, Indiana. Teams had the same record. Yeah. So Wyman Tisdale went second overall to Indiana, um, and he had an on par career. Um, you know, he was he was a decent player there um, in the NBA. Patrick Ewing. Went on to have an absolutely stellar career in the NBA. But fun fact, the Knicks never won a title with Patrick Ewing. Oh, wow. They did make the finals in 94 and 99, but they never won a title. All so because they still
0: never won.
1: No, the Knicks never won a title with Patrick Ewing. But that is all because of Michael Jordan. Because the Bulls... And the Knicks are both in the Eastern Conference. And in the NBA Finals, it takes the best... Whoever wins the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. So Patrick Ewing always had to go through MJ and the Bulls to get to the Finals. He did it twice, but he never brought home a ring for the Knicks. Um, and Patrick Ewing... Finished his career with 24,815 points, which averages about to 21 points per game, uh, 11,617 rebounds, which is just under 10 rebounds per game, and 2,894 blocks, which is about 2.4 blocks per game. Um, He was an 11-time All-Star, a Rookie of the Year Award winner. A member of the NBA's 50th anniversary team and a seven time All NBA Award winner. So, again, even though David Stern wanted to bring a title back to New York City via the Knicks, they never did it. They got oh so close, but they still have not won an NBA championship to this day.
0: So. I still want to know more about this frozen envelope. That's all I can think about, to be honest. The
1: the frozen envelope? Yes. So basically the whole theory behind that one um, was that before they went out there, they put the NYX envelope in a separate frozen – in like a freezer or whatever. Uh So that way when um, Commissioner Stern would reach in there um, to – grab the envelope it would be cold to the touch but the whole thing about that is think about an envelope made out of paper or cardboard or whatever when it melts it's going to get wet so then it would be very very identifiable that something was up with that envelope.
0: Well, yeah, because even that, like, it would melt. It would have to melt. Unless there was, like, little weights put inside of it. Could yeah. there that have been something that they did?
1: No, pretty much it was the throwing of the envelope to bend the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, when he threw the first three in there and the um, last three in there, um, he basically just chucked them in there like two three at a time um but when he threw the next one in there he paused and he took it to almost get his aim Mm -hmm. and like chucked it in there do you
0: think he bent the corner so that when he stuck his hand in there he could feel which one had the bent corner and knew which one to grab
1: yes um when um he, uh, when it was stuck in there by uh, Jack Wagner, he pretty much throws it in there to bend the corner on purpose. And that's the whole reasoning where a lot of people say that this draft was rigged because of how it happened and who it happened to and everything. Patrick Ewing was very, very excited to go. To the Knicks, a lot of people think that Ewing knew he was going to go to the Knicks way before the draft lottery even happened. Mm-hmm. Just kind of saying, like, I mean, Patrick Ewing did have a um, reporter there at his house with every with all seven team with all seven of the draft lottery teams' jerseys um, for a cover shoot for Sports Illustrated. Mm -hmm. But he was very, very excited to go to the Knicks, but it was very, uh, very interesting to see how happy he was and how relieved David Sturm was to have Ewing going to the Knicks. Hmm.
0: Well, that's pretty interesting for the Knickerbockers though, that they wanted to win by losing but still never won. Um it's pretty interesting. I've never heard of this before. I mean, you would find a interesting sports conspiracy. Even though this I mean, I guess this I mean, even though no one you said no one's come out and said it flat mm-hmm. out, but it seems like one of those things that's like unmistakably something that seriously happened, they're just kinda covering it up, but Everyone knows it really happened. No one's just... It's going to be like one of those deathbed confession things where we'll be like, yeah, I actually did screw that up.
1: And I actually have a video um, that I found on YouTube from the actual 1985 CBS broadcast um, that shows the envelopes being thrown in there, um, the commissioner grabbing envelopes and flipping them over. And you can see the bent corner if you look hard enough. Um,
0: Well, I'll put all this on the Instagram and Facebook post for everybody so that they can take a look at that and see what you think. And then after we record, I'm going to look it up myself. I'm kind of intrigued to see if it's, like, super noticeable or not. I I, feel like now that I know it, I feel like I'm not going to not be able to see it. There was way too many oxymorons in that. But I feel like I'm going to be able to look at it and know without a doubt that it's so obvious that they cheated.
1: Yeah. And it, to me, there hasn't been another thing like this Mm -hmm. in sports whatsoever. I mean, a lot of people say like with LeBron James going to Cleveland, his hometown team, I'm sorry to say Cleveland just sucked before LeBron. Um,
0: I hope there's no Cleveland fans (laughs) out there. You just said your team sucks. No,
1: I mean, they would would agree with me. Pre-LeBron, Cleveland sucked. Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL draft where they took Sidney Crosby number one. There was talks about moving the franchise. So they took a big-name hockey player from Canada to keep Pittsburgh there. That's not true because – why would you take a kid from Canada to the States for hockey when it's not that close to the Canadian border? It, it's just a whole bunch of stuff. This one to me was the biggest conspiracy out there that if you don't know about, you might've ha- heard somebody talk about it if they're big into basketball or.
0: So I've definitely never heard this <laughs> and you're big into basketball. So
1: um, This is something that, Has to come up in conversation because it did happen back in 1985 before you or myself were born. Um, You know, like you said, y'all really don't watch basketball too much. So it's kind of like you have to watch basketball in the 80s to know that this happened um, because it's been kept on the down low um, after it because of all the controversy it brought coming back up here and everything like that so it's just one of those things that is crazy to think about actually happening but it's also funny to think about that the best that they got to it was a shot at a ring and never brought home a title to new york
0: yeah that's really crazy I don't know. I really liked this one. Thank you for doing this and thank you for picking it out because obviously I've never heard of this and I don't know that most of our listeners are even sports fans. So, hopefully this did not go over your head and hopefully this was not completely boring to you. I liked it. I'm I'm, intri- I'm intrigued. But I'm going to post links to the video that he is talking about so that you guys can watch it too. Um, I'm sure that you're going to want to see what he's talking about as much as I do. Well, that's pretty much all we have for this episode. Hopefully you didn't hear the cars go by a whole lot or the fact that my cat is scratching at the door trying to get in hopefully you didn't hear either of those too much but if you did hopefully you just enjoyed the random background noise so meh either way hope you liked it uh we look forward to hearing your guys thoughts on having tyler on the show i definitely enjoy it and i think that he's a pretty good substitute for bethany i mean obviously he is no bethany but He'll do, I it guess. It can be the Tyler,
1: Bethany, and Crystal podcast. You know, just I don't like
0: change. I don't like change.
1: Well, sometimes change is a good thing.
0: Whatever. I love you, but we're but this is my hobby. I'll say it like that, sir.
1: We can have the same hobby, ma'am.
0: <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> we, can, we can have a joint break-off podcast where we talk crap to each other. I mean, or we just look at each other and roast each other. We do that every day of our lives anyway. We'll yep. just take it to another medium. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I hope you have a great night and or safe drive or good morning, whatever whatever time of the day you're listening to this. Um, be awesome, be amazing, and have a great day. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>